Hello, dear Penn Live viewers, readers, listeners. It's so nice to have you here. It's Joyce Davis, and this is another Battleground PA. I'm Penn Live's opinion and outreach editor, and today, what else is there to talk about except the debate? Stay tuned. We'll have our trusted analysts join us, Rashad Harris and Jeffrey Lord, but We've also invited John Cole to be with us. So he is also an independent voice that can bring us a little insight into how all of this was received. So stay tuned. We will be right back for what I know will be an enlightening conversation. This is Battleground PA, a live podcast discussing the issues that matter to Pennsylvanians and documenting the events in our state that will shape the battle for your vote in the 2020 presidential elections. Okay, we are back. And this is Joyce Davis, Pen Live's outreach and opinion editor. And this is another Battleground PA. This is truly a battleground and the battleground is now engaged. And to help us kind of sort through things today, I want to welcome our trusted analyst, Rajette Harris. Welcome, Rajette. Welcome. Thank you. Nice to have you here. And Jeffrey Lord, are you hanging in there, Jeffrey? I am more than hanging in. <laughs> Very good. You sound, uh, you sound really energized. That's a great thing. And we have John Cole, who also is a, a political analyst and has joined us today. John, tell us uh, how you're doing today and uh, a little bit about your organization. Thanks. Uh, thanks again for having me back, of course. Uh, yeah, my name is John Cole. I'm the managing editor of politicspa.com. We cover everything uh, political in the state of Pennsylvania, as, as races even down the state house and state senate, all the way to the presidential level. And certainly there is uh, a lot to talk about today, breaking down last night's debate. Absolutely, John. And that's why we brought you in. We thought we could use all the help we could get to discuss what <laughs> has happened. All right. Where do we begin, guys? Let's start, Jeffrey. Uh, how do you feel, Jeffrey? Uh, let's just let you lay it out. How do you feel about what happened last night? Well, I thought it was great. I was a little raucous. Uh, debates can be raucous on occasion in the American uh, system. Uh, we're nowhere close to what goes on in uh, the British Houses of Parliament, <laughs> where they regularly shout people down all the time. Um but I, I think it got, uh, you know, it was very plain uh, on perhaps the most important issue of the moment, the Supreme Court. And uh, Joe Biden said he just wasn't going to answer. He was not going to answer on ending the filibuster. He wasn't going to answer on packing the court. And he wasn't going to um, put out a list of potential nominees. Uh, and that's when uh, the president asked him and he turned to him and said, will you shut up, man? Um I just think that that's a real problem for him going forward in this particular situation. Uh, the American people are going to want to know who are you going to put on the Supreme Court? And he won't say. All right, Jeffrey. Well, that's one way to look at it. But let me tell you, guy, <laughs> there's another way to look at it. Rosette, you want to come in and tell me how you how you saw what happened last night? Yes, I do have a few points. So I would ask if, if everyone lets me get through it before any type of response. Well, Rochette, uh, but last we got three people here that are talking, so we want to kind no, of... No, I understand. I would have been halfway done. Just, <laughs> just let me start. I only have a few small points. might have to pull in but here. And, you, yeah. But, you know, last night, the president was an embarrassment for our country. 
the clear loser was definitely the American voter. I wouldn't even call it a debate. Uh, this evening did show the starkest election choice in generations to come. I don't think there should be any more debates unless a sound mute button is provided to the moderator. You know, President Trump was unable Trump was to un- let any moment pass without a rude interruption, straight out lying and deeply personal attacks. He also ignored substantive questions. He refused to condemn white supremacists. Instead, he encouraged them. Proud boys, stand back and stay by, he said. Members of the group actually considered this an endorsement. You know, Trump mocked Biden for wearing a face mask. Uh, Trump proved, actually proved for Biden that he actually is moderate and not far left. So Trump needs to get some new commercials. And he acknowledged that the only reason he's quickly trying to fill the Supreme Court position is to decide the election. You know, our listeners need to know the Supreme Court judges do not count ballots, despite what the president said last night. And most importantly, Donald Trump does not have a plan. In his book, The Art of the Deal, he states that he went to board uh, meetings without a plan and he just liked to wing it. Well, this has been his strategy since being president. And because of that strategy, or should I say lack of having one, over 200,000 Americans have died due to COVID-19. Okay, Rochette. Well, look, you've laid out a lot of points there. So let's, let's, let's hold you right there because I know you've got a lot more you want to talk about. I want to bring John into the conversation. John Cole, you've heard these two uh, views of what happened last night. Now, you and I need to talk, John, because let me tell you, my heart is hurting right now for democracy. And I'm getting all kinds. Of, you know, you probably know that I have um, contacts with people around the world, including I worked in U.S. international broadcasting, trying to promote democracy around the world. Oh, I'm so embarrassed, John. But go ahead. Let's hear what you say. With all due respect, that last the debate last night was a disaster. Um, Again, with all due respect to Jeffrey, um, I don't think I think the debate was anything but plain. Like you said, Um, again, I mean, we could talk about the Supreme Court later on, because that's certainly an important topic for voters uh, for the upcoming election. But I genuinely felt bad for undecided voters who tuned in last night. And I'm not saying that there are, you know, a plethora of undecided voters. I truly believe uh, a large majority of the nation has already made up their mind for the election. However, I do believe there is a significant portion or at least a portion enough of the country that could make the difference within the margins of the battleground states like Pennsylvania. that may be tuned in last night, hoping to have, you know, that hoping that they're going to see an informing discussion about the issues Last night was anything but that. And if anything, if you're if to people who are disillusioned with politics because they believe it's divisive in nature, that's what they saw last night. It was constant yelling and talking over each other. And I genuinely felt bad for Chris Wiles. Um, again, I'm not saying he did the best job, but what else was he supposed to do when uh, the president was cutting off Joe Biden and Joe Biden was yelling over him? It was just a total disaster. And the main takeaway, really, that the people who lost, uh, lost last night was the American people. I don't Absolutely. think either candidate exactly won. No, neither candidate impressed me whatsoever. President Trump, if you look at the polling after the debate, President Trump lost. However, I think, you know, historically speaking, the president usually loses the first debate to the challenger. But the circumstances here were different where um, Trump wanted to be aggressive. And I understand wanting to be aggressive and you know to be the aggressor in the, the debate. However, he just cut off Biden way too often where Biden wasn't able to get a word in. And it just wasn't really a productive 90 minutes. And I can't imagine to people who aren't you know interested in politics to watch the whole 90 minutes. It was just really tough to watch. 
Well, I have to let me let me stop you here as my role as moderator. Thank thank you all for respecting that <laughs> and stopping when I have to have to interrupt, unlike what happened last night. But you know what? I mean, go. I, I hope our, our, our listeners here will go and look at Penn Live and look at some of the stories and look at the comments that come from people in our region about how disappointed they were at this, how uh, they were disgusted. I'll tell you, I had uh, we have a little group called Mothers for Breath, the women. Uh, mothers who get together to kind of talk through the anxiety of these times, especially but most of them are mothers of black children. And uh, they, they were just just absolutely devastated by what it, it, one couldn't even watch it. She says, I'm going to have to tune it off. Uh, this is it, it goes against how you teach your children to behave what we saw. Now, Jeffrey, look, I know you had good parents. I know they taught you to be civil, polite. And re- so, I mean, just on that level, didn't that wasn't there something to be desired in, in how the president conducted himself? Let's just go right to the heart of it. Well, let's go. Let's go. Let's go right to the heart of it. What we have the problem with and one of the reasons the president is the president in the first place is that too much is put on uh, manner and methods and all of this kind of thing, which is really a dodge to cover uh, politics and uh, the president has had enough of it. The American people, his supporters at least, have had enough of this stuff. They want somebody who's going to get in there and break the China and stop doing this kind of thing. It's the swamp. And this is what Joe Biden is. This is what the, the media in general that was criticizing all of this is. It's all about the swamp. They want their methods. They want their things all preserved, undisturbed, and they get to set the rules. And people have had enough of it. Jeffrey, I am so pleased to know that you don't act like that on this show, that you have a different demeanor and a different comportment. And I actually think the president could learn a bit from you, uh, how to engage other people. Rajat, why don't we bring in you? Jeffrey has said that that's what he was in there. He was put in there to kind of uh, be a bull in the china shop, to break up everything. Uh, Is he succeeding? Is this, I mean, how, how are things viewed, this behavior thing? Is that a concern? Well, you know, people show you who who they are. You need to believe them. This is nothing new. Now, I will admit uh, Trump was on steroids last night, uh, but we shouldn't really be surprised that he didn't even follow the rules that his campaign agreed to. I mean, Chris Christie, former governor of New Jersey, who helped him with his debate prep, even said that he was too hot last night. Rick Santorum, a former uh, senator here in Pennsylvania on CNN, said that he went overboard. Um, I do believe that his base, I do agree with Jeffrey that his base will look at it, that he was a fighter, that he was assertive, he was aggressive. But the problem with Donald Trump is he needs to enlarge his base. And last night did nothing to do that. You know, as you all know, I am a Democratic Party chair, so I have a unique perspective. I am still getting phone calls. I have to turn my phone off to do this podcast. And these phone calls are by independents and Republicans, not Democrats, because they were just completely turned off by the president. He is nominating judges that they agree with as far as philosophy, but they don't. He's an embarrassment to them. They no longer want him to represent this country. That is what the president needs to somehow fight. And he continues to prove everything right with his behavior. Well, John, let me let, let me ask you. I mean, you've heard these these two views. I mean, this whole thing. 
I mean, I have to tell you, I mean, I, Jeffrey may be right. There are all kinds of people in the world, but um, the people that I deal with or that I talk to like a little bit more decorum and a little bit more dignity, uh, especially from their leaders. Am, am I off base with that? Are you sensing that the majority of people like uh, coarseness, crassness, rudeness and general debauchery? I totally agree with your point that I think most people would have enjoyed a more civil debate where there was an actual exchanging of ideas. But again, very rarely in the 90 minutes was there a back and forth where we thought, oh, wow, they talked a lot of substance. The American people were robbed of that last night. And it's a shame that to those who let's say to those who don't uh, to don't who typically follow politics, but they want to get an idea of what the biggest issues are. They might not want to tune in for another debate. But if it goes again like that. Um, I think to Jeffrey's point, I will say where I think he's right is that I think the people in Trump's base are not going to be upset, too upset about his performance per se. It's not going to like I don't think Trump's going to lose a bunch of supporters that are better been with him from the beginning from his debate performance last night there. You know, his his passionate base, they love him through, uh, through thick and thin. However, the problem is in a lot of recent polling. And we can even talk about Pennsylvania specifically, since this is battleground PA, is that constant polling, poll after poll, shows Trump trailing in the state uh, to Biden. Granted, it's a few points, and it's not like it's totally out of reach for the president. Of course, he could win Pennsylvania again, but he needs to make some improvements. And specifically, you have to court those voters who aren't firmly in your base. I don't think last night he really made any overtures to appeal to those people, specifically, I think, suburban women voters, where he's doing terrible with right now. He needs to, I think the, the lack of civility is something that is certainly going to turn those voters off. And uh, I guess to what Rajette said, and I, I was watching the ABC News post debate analysis as well. Chris Christie, who helped in the debate prep even said that Trump was coming off too hot. So again, it's not, I'm not saying here that Joe Biden won the debate and he really impressed people because I don't even think Biden's most avid supporters are saying that the, uh, the former vice president had a stellar performance. It was just that the president's performance was, you know, he's him interjecting so often he became the story of the debate and not for a good reason. Well, it isn't. I would just point out it isn't isn't the president. Hey, Jeffrey, one second. Just one second. I will I will moderate this and give everyone a chance to talk. Please let me respond to something John said. John, I think your point is well made because all we've been doing this pat this first 15 minutes is talking about behavior and not about the substance of the debate. But hang in there, guys. We have to take a break now and we will be right back to perhaps get into some substance. Stay tuned. Okay, we are back and I appreciate and thank once again my pundits for respecting my role as a moderator. You can see I'm a little upset about what happened last night and it's not going to happen here. We're going to we're going to talk with civility, we're going to let people talk and we're not going to talk over them if we can if we can avoid it, all right? I mean, I know we get excited, but all right, Jeffrey, you wanted to say something. Go ahead. <laughs> Frankly, Joyce, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> we're, talking, we're really moving into, uh, unfortunately, talking about how the first part of our conversation was about, uh, frankly, so many people being upset about the embarrassment. I mean, I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll just give you some, some things that that well, we have here. I have here where uh, the German news magazine, Der Spiegel. Uh, one of their their top analysts said the debate was a joke, a low point, a shame for the country. Roaring insults, two over 70s who interrupt each other like five-year-olds. Trump's uncouth, undignified behavior. We have, and we talked about Britain. We have John Sawyer, a former British diplomat, saying, my own response is that it makes me despondent about America. 
The country have looked for too for leadership has descended into an ugly brawl. And oh, I just think that is, you know, basically another sign of the degradation of American democracy. Uh, go ahead, Jeffrey. You, you obviously. What I, what I was going to say, I remember what I was going to say is it isn't the president who said, shut up, man, and call Joe Biden a clown. It was Joe Biden that did that. And what we've got here are people who, you know, remembering my history, uh, when World War II was, had broken out and uh, uh, the Brits had to decide what to do, there was a lot of opposition to the idea that Winston Churchill should be prime minister because they thought of him as a lot of these people think of Donald Trump, as a bull in the china shop, uncouth, et cetera, et cetera, as opposed to the very well-mannered Neville Chamberlain, et cetera. Uh, this kind of thing we've seen before. And what you've got here are people who believe in manners over substance. And that is no longer going to fly with people. But, but Jeffrey, we couldn't even get to the substance because the manners were so bad. But Rajet, that's not um, true. That's not true. We got to plenty of substance last okay, night. Jeffrey, let me move on sure. to Rajet. We he does raise a point about uh, um, you see when you when you have to be in that kind of arena, it it seems to sink you as well. I mean, the Biden did end up calling a, a sitting president a clown and uh, telling him to shut up. Now, a lot of people, again, may have applauded that, whether they were right or wrong, but that also wasn't very good on Biden's part, right? Well, Biden asked him to shut up because he wouldn't let him speak, number one. Number two, he did call him a clown, but Trump call said that uh, Biden was stupid for going to a state school. Well, I went to University of Pittsburgh, so all state school people unite. So, you know, <laughs> you know, so Biden, I mean, uh, the president even brought up uh, his son's drug problem as to why he was discharged from the military. So, I mean, we can get into, um, you know, who was worse, who was best or whatnot. The president actually missed out on a lot of opportunities of things that the vice president said but he was too busy trying to bulldoze himself through the debate. I actually don't feel bad for Chris Wallace. I think as a moderator, again, we know how Trump is. He should have stopped the debate. He should have yeah. stopped the debate or he should have turned off the mic or said, when you're ready to act as chill as adults, we will continue. He should have taken control of it. I've been a moderator before. There are things that he could have done. But Jeffrey is correct. And I brought this up in my initial remarks that, um, you know, we didn't get a chance to talk about. But there was substance. Let's talk about the fact that the president does not have a plan for health care. Let's talk about the fact that he admitted on national TV that he wants to fill the Supreme Court vacancy in case he loses the election. Let's talk about the fact that on national TV, when Joe Biden actually called him a racist, he did not deny it. And he did not condemn white supremacist when he was asked. By That's, not true. That's, That's not true. That's not true. Asked if he would commit to accepting the results of the election, Donald Trump refused. Instead, he insisted that the most likely outcome was fraud if he lost. There was a lot of substance. Now, it wasn't the type of substance that the American people deserved, I admit, but there was a lot of substance. 
And there okay, is a well, let's stop right there with Jeff. Let me bring in Jeffrey. Let me bring in Jeffrey because he wants to challenge some of those. But then I'm going to go to John and ask John to really think through. I'll give you a little time here. What do you see as maybe the top three or four issues that actually did come out? But Jeffrey, go ahead. When the president was asked if he would condemn white supremacy, the very first word out of his mouth was, quote, unquote, sure. Of course. Look, it's not Donald Trump or his party that's had a problem with race. It's the Democratic Party. Joe Biden has had this problem. The Democratic Party has had this problem. His 1994 uh, crime bill. I mean, what a difference between what Joe Biden did with African-Americans and Donald Trump and criminal justice reform. That is a mammoth difference. And uh, uh, this notion that he hasn't done anything is just not true. There is a reason why uh, Donald Trump got, I think I'm correct in this, maybe John can correct me, 20 percent of the uh, black vote in Pennsylvania last time. No, we it didn't. Was, it, no, no, it was like less than 10 percent. Well, Jeffrey, still in all. Right, though, darling, if you're going to be. Well, I'm, I'm asking. I'm asking. But he he certainly did. He certainly did. Well, I was with a an African-American leader who's written a whole book on why he supports Trump uh, over the weekend. And he was quite specific about this kind of thing. So Jeff, did he write um, the book over the weekend or you were speaking to him over the weekend? No, I was speaking to him over the weekend. He okay, wrote the who book. Is who is he? So we can look at Vernon Robinson is his name. Okay, because I'm going to tell you that that was all putting, I can tell you to many black people, because what you expect is a ringing in uh, denunciation, not. Well, sure. But who are they? What are they? What are you? Who are you talking about? No, you wanted to be very clear. No, I'm not about this. They are not. Hey, hang on there, guys. I might be needing you later. That's how it came across. But, John, why don't you come come in here and talk about what you saw as perhaps three or four of the substantive things that were that 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 they did get to discuss. Before I do that, just quickly to uh, Jeffrey's point, I have the exact uh, exit polling from NBC News from Pennsylvania in 2016 right here. Secretary Hillary Clinton won 92 percent of uh, from support from black voters. Trump had seven percent. So just to kind of dispel that uh, statement. Well, seven is more than zero. (laughs) I was going to say, well, however, I'll say this. I think she underperformed in in respect to what President Barack Obama, how President Barack Obama did in 2012 and 2008. But um, I guess we can dive into that later. But uh, to the to the substance, uh, substantive issues, I guess some of the big things that with the takeaways takeaways would be Democrats certainly want to stress health care, because, again, we, we talked the first time you had me on the podcast prior to covid, we talked about how Democrats have made health care a rallying point, even with the Supreme Court justice, um, you know, Amy uh, Coney Barrett being nominated. Um, we've already seen Democrats use uh, health care as a rallying point. The Democratic National Convention released an ad yesterday in several battleground states kind of rallying against the pick, uh, claiming that uh, this pick very well could influence the future of the Affordable Care Act. So certainly Democrats are going to talk about health care from last night. And I think some Republicans are, are going to want to talk about the Supreme Court, kind of like what Jeffrey mentioned earlier. Um I think all signs are pointing to Amy Coney Barrett being confirmed. Now, we don't know that yet, so I don't want to um, 
say it's a, a done deal. But certainly, you know, the Republicans have the majority in the Senate, and it seems that she'll go up for a vote and she would be confirmed. I think uh, Republicans will certainly point to Biden not exactly saying what his plans would be for the Supreme Court, not exactly that he needs to release a list a list full of candidates that he would pick for the Supreme Court. However, he didn't exactly directly address that issue. So I think Republicans will certainly point to that as a uh, one of the main takeaways on the substance issues. And then uh, for Democrats, they'll certainly point to health care because, again, President Donald Trump's been in office for three plus years. And health care reform is something where he's not been able to accomplish yet. He could point to tax reform. He can point to some other things, but he cannot point to health care. And that's certainly a rallying point for Democrats. Well, that's a Can I comment on that real quick, yep. please? Go ahead, Rochette. Go ahead. Um, you know, I'm, I'm speaking this not just as a Democrat, but I'm actually speaking as a woman. We can't forget that just earlier this year, the Supreme Court struck down a key part of the Affordable Care Act, was that employers have the right to deny birth control to women which is part of a woman's reproductive rights. So yes, Democrats are focused on health care, but the issue isn't process. Let's be real. We don't have the votes in the Senate, but we have to remind our voters what is at stake with this court and what else could be struck down with women's rights and other rights if this goes through before the election. So that's why we're focused on health care and other issues, because these are issues that are going to come before the Supreme Court. Maybe not this year, maybe not next year, but soon. So that's why we're focused on the issues and, and, and what that means for the Supreme Court. So I just want to and I really wish that the vice president would have brought that up last night. Because the Supreme Court, as was, have already struck down key reproductive rights for women in this past year. And that was with Justice Ginsburg. So what's going to happen with another conservative judge? And I'm not saying that um, Amy, um, I forgot her last name, Barnett, is it? I'm not saying that she's just going to do everything she's told to do. Look at Justice John Roberts. He's become the swing vote. (laughs) Who could have seen that coming? But with that said, we have to remind people what the courts do. And one thing that the president said last night is true. Elections matter, but most importantly, courts matter. So that's why we as Democrats are focusing on the issues that can go before the courts, not just the process, which is what the Republicans are focused on. Jeffrey, go ahead. You wanted to ju- chime in there. What the court what the court did uh, is stand up for the religious freedom rights of the little sisters of the poor. They're Catholics. They don't believe in birth control. They have a right to believe whatever they want. The government cannot force them to violate their religion. That's what that was about. Um, and uh, certainly, by, and by the way, before I uh, uh, move on here, the book I was telling you about, the, the gentleman's name is Vernon Robinson III. His book is called Coming Home, How Black Americans Will Reelect Trump. Um, so... You know, clearly the president has made effort after effort after effort in the black community. And in terms of apologizing, I mean, I'm still waiting for Joe Biden or any other prominent Democrat to apologize for the party support of slavery. I mean, that shouldn't be too hard, should it? Where are they? Jeffrey, Americans need to, to apologize for the support of slavery. Come on. Well, uh, I mean, it's not one. No, no Joyce. This is where I get on my high horse. This is no one party. And I come from the South. And when I grew up, it was Republicans standing in the schoolhouse door. So please. 
don't spread that misinformation. You have a it's woman not who, went through, who went through black only water fountains who couldn't get on a bus unless she went to the back of it. I have a memory, and it was Republicans in New Orleans that were the problem. Joyce, but the Democratic not, Party. It's in history. It's been America's problem, not one. No, Joyce, problem. Joyce, we're not going to let Democrats off the hook. They wrote five platforms, count them, five, supporting slavery. Republicans wrote zero platforms supporting slavery well, and opposed it from the get-go. I know about Jim Crow. And I know that Jim Crow laws written by Democrats too. And we don't want to talk over each other. We're going to agree to disagree on this. But I come from a perspective where it hurt me. It hurt me in being raised. And I knew and Joe Biden it. should apologize it was for it. a problem for only one party. It was a problem for all parties. This is an American issue, Jeffrey. And I know we're going to agree to disagree on this. So let's just move on because, <laughs> look. It's my issue, <laughs> and I know it. I lived it. Okay, so I live it too. Jump. I know you have two. I lived it too. Yeah, but you lived it from a little bit of a different perspective, dear. It helped you. It didn't hurt you like it did us in our family. No, like, no, not when my father lost two jobs because he stood up for black waitresses. No, well, that, no, that, it didn't help. Something you shared with us, which has been a pat on the back, and we're glad for it. We always like to have help, but being a helper isn't really the same. As, as, as what we're talking about here. But anyway, John, but uh, that's not to denigrate any white people who step up and help because that's a good thing. But John, why don't we bring you back in here? Look, you raised one other issue that I think we should talk about uh, in the last hour, and that is whether this is worth it. Um, you know, I sat listening to that and I did have several of my friends say, I'm turning it off. I just it's it's too it's too disruptive. It's too unnerving to, to sit and listen to that. Should there be other debates, John? And I'm going to let the other two, uh, you know, kind of in on that. Is it worth it if it's going to be this kind of screaming, this kind of barely getting at the issues, this kind of uh, letting inaccuracies just float on by? I think we can all agree last night's debate was anything but productive. However, I believe we still have to try to have more debates. Um, there's a vice president debate uh, lined up and there's two more presidential debates. I believe the rest of them should go forward. However, I think there may need to be some tweaks moving forward. Uh, the moderator is going to have to figure out a way to either be more forceful and interjecting into the conversation or whether it's cutting off microphones. I don't know, but I think the debates have to go forward. I truly believe the American people deserve it because they deserve better than what happened last night. So I think debate should happen. However, I think we need to figure out a way um, the bright minds that lead that debate commission have to figure out what's the way that the American people can get the most out of those 90 minutes. Cause I certainly didn't get the best uh, last night. And I think they deserve, I don't want to say a redo, but they deserve better than what happened last night. So I'm all for having more debates. Uh, well, not more debates, continuing the debate schedule as it is currently planned. And I hope there's a way to rectify some of those issues. The sad thing is, I think it's not like the American people had such a high bar for the debate going into the debate last night. It's not as if people thought this was going to be, uh, you know, two statesmen uh, going out on all the issues for 90 minutes. I think we expected it to kind of Get into the mud a bit. I think voters knew. They know who Donald Trump is. They know who Joe Biden is. They know they were going to try to get in, under each other's skins at point in time. However, it just it got to the point where, again, I know there was some substance talked about, but the main takeaway, people were just dissatisfied with the debate. So I really hope there's more. The debate schedule keeps on, and I hope that we get more out of it. Well, okay. I'd like to hope, Rajette, do you think, are you willing to have your candidate go through that again? 
If I'm not mistaken, um, when uh, Reagan first ran, didn't they only have one debate? So I think there have been situations where there was only one presidential debate. I am looking forward to the vice presidential debate next week. And we know this isn't going to happen. You know, Vice President Pence and the Senator Harris is not going to act like this. So I do think we will have substance next week. But honestly, if there's not a way to turn off a microphone, because, you know, the president doesn't follow rules, even rules that he agrees to. So if they don't have a way to turn off the microphones, I don't think that anyone should have to sit through that. In fact, I don't even expect as many people to tune in next time because of what happened last night. And I don't even like calling it a debate. I don't know what to call that. You know, I wonder, I wonder how many people had to go to the emergency room because of heart conditions last night. Go you ahead. Know. One of the things that I think this has illustrated, um, the problem with early voting. Now, how many people voted before this debate took place? I I just think that early voting is a big, big mistake. Um, Events happen. I mean, we've got a Supreme Court nomination uh, here that that, uh, people had probably already voted. Some people had voted before that happened, before Justice Ginsburg died. Any event could happen, and that's why I just think we should have a national holiday on Election Day, and people should vote then. I hear you, and you know what? But it's their choice. It's, it's you know, if they, if these people obviously have their minds made up, and maybe this wouldn't, as, as John said, this is going to change any diehard Trump supporters, and it's unlikely to change any diehard Biden supporters either. But with that, I want to thank you all for being civil for being respectful and for allowing us to really have a discussion that I hope is benefiting our listeners. So with that, I thank you, Jeffrey. I thank you, Rochette. And John, we got to get you back. You're a smart guy. Thanks for being here. All right. And thanks to all of our our listeners. We will see you here next time on Battleground PA. And if you want to join, I forgot to tell you this, you can send us an email at topics at battlegroundpa.org Or you can check us out on Facebook or Twitter. The battle is engaged. See you later. This is Battleground PA, and live podcast discussing the issues that matter to Pennsylvanians and documenting the events in our state that will shape the battle for your vote in the 2020 presidential elections. 